Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. So a bit of a preface. The last two Sundays we have been reading through the creation stories in Genesis. But you may know that the Bible's interest in creation doesn't end with Genesis. In fact, the Bible is full of creation stories. Our own Bill Brown has written one of the most wonderful books on the creation stories in the Hebrew Bible called The Seven Pillars of Creation. Uh, and it's a, not a spoiler alert to say there are at least seven creation stories uh, in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, but we're going to turn today to the New Testament, to what the New Testament says about creation. Now, uh, the question sort of immediately arises, well, why would the New Testament be talking about creation? Why would the stories and the letters that are designed to teach us about Jesus talk about something that happened a long time ago? Well, for one, the writers of the New Testament were always going backwards in order to go forward. They're always looking back to their, their big stories like creation and exodus in order to understand the meaning of Jesus. The second reason is that they were pretty sure, the writers of the New Testament, that what had happened in Jesus was as seismic and radical and revolutionary as the act of God creating the heavens and the earth itself. So they began to draw some connections. And one of the questions they asked was, is Jesus something new or is Jesus something old? Jesus something novel that God introduced into the world, or has Jesus kind of been here all along, and now we see and know Jesus in a new way? So, you've heard already, even in the liturgy this morning, a little bit about what the New Testament says about creation. The second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is writing, he has this amazing line, in Christ you are a new creation. We are a new creation. What does he mean? What does that mean? What does it mean that you are a new creation? To borrow language from the world of technology, right? Uh, um, is a new creation something that overwrites the old one? Right? Or is creation kind of, uh, the new creation, is it a rebooting of the original program? read to you something from the first uh, Colossians, from the first chapter of the letter to Colossians. Listen to this description of Christ in creation. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Christ all things in heaven and on earth were created. The visible things, the invisible things, thrones, dominions, rulers, powers, all things have been created through Christ and for Christ. Christ is before all things, and in Christ all things hold together. 
For in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Christ God was pleased to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. So if you're like me, that uh, passage kind of makes your ears glaze over just a little bit, right? It's pretty abstract. But the idea I've been hoping for is that, is that Jesus the Christ exists before the creation. And, and that Jesus, this writer imagines, even participates in the creation itself. And then Jesus comes to act like a kind of a super glue, right, that holds it all together. Uh, like the atomic bond, right? Jesus is the atomic bond that holds creation together. So if that's true, if that vision of Colossians is true, then it reaffirms, Jesus reaffirms the goodness of the original creation to renew it and restore it. And then, of course, one last scripture this morning from John's Gospel. You know it well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the light was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I am asking you to do a little bit of heavy lifting this morning, right? This is a little bit of a theological workout. Not one of you arrived here this morning wondering with a question hot on your mind about whether Jesus was part of the creation or not, right? I know this is not the question you're asking. But I know that you can do some theological work. I know that this congregation and you all are ready for it. And I, I believe that you trust me that I will do my best to show you why thinking about Christ and creation in a certain way matters for you and matters for the life of our world. So, let's dive in a little bit to these texts. I suspect that many of you have thought through your years that Jesus was this kind of radical new thing that God introduced into the world. This thinking kind of says that there were so many things that were bad about the world that God had to do something crazy, something unprecedented, because we human beings had screwed things up so badly and God had exhausted every other natural means of reaching us. So God, in this way of thinking, God dreams up the idea of incarnation. You know the rest of the story, that the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary, this miracle baby happens. Jesus does all of these similarly unprecedented things that no human being had ever done before. And, and then Jesus dies, and the final unprecedented miracle is that Jesus rises. And I want to caution us against this kind of thinking. We have to be careful in thinking that 
Jesus was outside of and against creation. In the most harmful expressions of this way of thinking, the coming of Christ from outside of creation takes us out of creation too. Consider for a second the the very commonly held theological idea that salvation is about our individual souls. And that the great gift of salvation is deliverance into an ethereal heaven. Think about how hostile that idea is to the creation itself. It suggests that that Christ's job in coming to us is literally to take you out of your community, out of your context. The image is that when you get saved, you are plucked out of, decontextualized from your life here on earth, and then you're transported out of here into an otherworldly heaven. When we imagine Christ as coming from outside of creation to deliver us from it, the job of the church itself is to separate ourselves from the world. Creation is not something we're here to enjoy. It's something we need to be saved from. And worst of all, in this way of thinking, a Christ who comes from outside of creation to deliver us means that creation itself is ultimately expendable. After all, a new one awaits us in the by and by. Christology, what we think, how we think about who Jesus is and what Jesus does, shapes and informs who we are. And in this case, who we are in relation to this creation. The good news this morning, and I think I hope you heard it in in a few of the texts that we read, is that this idea of Christ coming from outside creation does not seem at all to be what the New Testament writers were saying about Jesus and creation. They seem to insist again and again that Christ comes not from outside of creation, but almost from within creation itself. And Christ comes to us not to take us away from creation, but it seems as though Christ comes as a means of restoring creation's original goodness. So take this idea from Paul in 2 Corinthians of the new creation. When Paul says that that we are a new creation in Christ... He then follows it up by saying, and that means we are given the ministry of reconciliation. If the intention was to separate us from life here, we wouldn't be given the ministry of reconciliation, right? What is reconciliation? Reconciliation is restoration. It's restoring friendships. It's restoring harmony between people. Reconciliation is making something consistent with itself. When Jesus brings 
this love that he manifests in the world, this love reconciles the world. It restores friendships. It creates harmony. Another way of saying it is it brings creation back to itself. Now, the last two weeks, we read Genesis 1 and we read Genesis 2, so it's still fresh in our minds. We, we know that the good that God gave us is embedded in creation itself. In that great, that great architectural image, that cathedral uh, of creation in Genesis 1, God's goodness comes to us in order and harmony and sufficiency. There is enough. And everything is in balance. In Genesis 2, God's goodness and God's love in creation is expressed in our identity with the land, our service to the land, and our mutuality in relationship with each other. Right? So when Paul says you are the new creation in Christ... This means that the deep wisdom and love of God that first was expressed in creation is now in you. Your life is joined up into the life of Christ and into the, the work and the being of Christ in the world. You are invited into this great, amazing journey of participating in the reconciliation of the creation. All right, so what does that look like? <laughs> what does that look like? I think in your life, it certainly will look like restoring the relationships that are important to you until they are right relationships. Until all of the relationships in our life reflect the order and the harmony and the balance and the mutuality embedded in creation itself. I mean, that is your journey of discipleship. It's our journey of discipleship together to help and support and model and encourage each other to make sense of what reconciliation looks like in practice. I know, I know, I know it must begin with the people closest to you. The circle of people uh, that are closest to you in your life. We are invited into a, a, a practice of reconciling the hurts within our own families. This may mean apologizing, believe it or not. This may mean mending what has been broken. It certainly means looking at our families and our loved ones with love and grace and bringing a spirit of hope into our intimate circles of relationship. There are, of course, also profound social implications for the Ministry of Reconciliation. Surely, reconciliation for us here now looks like mending the relationships with our neighbors that are damaged and defaced. 
reconciliation by, by this group of Christians here at North Decatur Presbyterian Church should deal with wealth inequality. It should deal with the, the segregation, the residential segregation that we have created based on class and based on race. We should be thinking and, and working and joining movements that are contemplating restorative justice. When laws have been broken by us or by our neighbors, how do we work on bringing one another back into covenant together? How do we create educational equity, right? How do we make sure that every single child has a wonderful education and a pathway to opportunity? How do we make sure there is a home, a safe place to go to at night for everyone? This is the ministry of reconciliation. As we said last week, it includes, it's not limited to, to just our relationships with other human beings. A reconciled and a reconciling faith should also mean that we get our hands dirty. We, we remember that we are coming from the earth. We are here to tend it and serve it. The earth, the soil, we, we have to renounce any action that does harm to the planet. guess what I want you to hear this morning is that none of these invitations to these kind of actions should strike you as anything, anything new if you've been around this church for a while. But we tend to fall into the idea that these actions, the ones I've just described, are about social justice. They are that. But for a disciple of Jesus... This is what it means to participate in the new creation. Jesus is not God's emergency plan to judge creation and save us from it. Not at all. We know that this creation is a gift. We know that it was God's great pleasure to give it to us as an outpouring of love and beauty. And Jesus, without whom not one thing comes into being, and through whom God reconciles all things, Jesus is God's full embrace of your humanity and of this created reality itself. In Christ, you are a new creation. Alleluia. Amen.